welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. Today we have a special episode for all our uh, loyal listeners who have been with us from the uh, very beginning. It's been roughly six months that this show has been on the go, and we will be crossing the 10,000 download mark today. For this, we've put together an episode of the greatest moments, in our opinion, so far that have happened during the recording of the show. We hope you guys absolutely enjoy listening to this. It's a it's excerpts from every show that we've done pretty much. Before we get into that, I'd like to say happy birthday to Mr. Albert Vessels, who is celebrating a birthday today. Uh, awesome stuff. Hope you have a fantastic day, my friend. Thank you guys for having me, which it's a really great podcast name, you know, by starting with welcome to the gun show. <laughs> welcome to welcome to the gun show. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. To guys. I mean, you know, it, it was a bad choice, but we weren't going to change it. <laughs> you can't change it now. So you start here, run down into this little hole, two targets on the left, two targets on the right, set of steps. Ora says... The steps is the 180. If you're on the 180, if you're on the steps and you break the 180, you're out of here. So, whatever, whatever. So, anyway, get on, beep. Two on the left, two on the right, two on the left, two on the right. Get on the steps, look back at the target. Oh shit, there's only one shot on that target. I'm halfway up the steps. Now, if you're ever going to break the 180, pull the fucking shot off as well. <laughs> 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 Put your gun back and shoot. <laughs> so I did that up and over the boom, carrying the flipping dummy on my shoulders, throw the dummy in the thing there, carry on shooting, and then I feel the icy hand of death on my shoulder. Unknown <laughs> show clear. Like, okay. And tonight we're speaking to Mr. Albert Vessels for the second time, but you don't know about that. <laughs> Hello again, everybody. <laughs> we're we're very glad to welcome Elkin, Mel, uh, Albert to the show. See, when you when you get a second take, you fuck the whole thing up, Corne. Um We're very glad to welcome Albert to the show. Uh, for those of you who who don't know, Albert is a very well known shooter in IPSC in South Africa. Uh, he is pretty much the man to beat in classic division. Uh, he's also a very well-known and well-known and well-respected instructor when it comes with a, with a particular sort of focus on practical shooting training through his business hit factor training or through his training school hit factor training. So we are very glad to have Albert on the show. We're really looking forward to this. Um, the 30 minutes of talking that Corne didn't record was awesome. Um, so we're hoping the bits he did record will be even better. So Albert, thanks so much and, and welcome on the show. Jacques, thank you so much. Awesome talking to you again. And I'm sure I'll yeah. be seeing you uh, really soon. Yeah, you'll see me for the secondary knife defense course, the intermediate one. I know, we're yeah. going to nag him to go see you before that. Is, is there yeah. some more bites in that one? Ooh, dude, and you know it. Because that's how I get sold on these. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, in that case, there will be a lot of biting just for you. Oh, no. Nibbling, sorry. Oops. Nibbling, nibbling. I like to Se nibble. Sexy bites. Nibbles. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so uh, to, today we're talking about uh, customizing Glocks. Uh, we're talking about making them better and making them worse. Uh, because ultimately, lots of people make them worse when they think they're doing things that make them better. Should be an exciting topic. 
between the three of us, there's quite a bit of experience doing this. Um, between the two of them, there's a lot of experience on my side. There is a, there's, there's a bit, but not nearly as much as, as the other two. So, uh, Derek, won't you, uh, make our, uh, American friends happy and do the voice. Your warranty doesn't have diplomatic immunity. Fucking <laughs> <Acting> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> on a serious note guys before we start just something to bear in mind if you modify any pistol and and i can't think of a pistol that this doesn't apply to if you modify it away from factory spec you are going to lose your warranty and you could very well make it work worse than before you started now i believe along the way you you learned a, a concept in ipsc i think it's appendix c1 it's called calibration uh, 16 of February 2019 is when you learned this. So there's a, there's a video that will ever be shared on my timeline every year. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. So I think it was I think it was my first league when it was my first league was it when I didn't. No, it was a vector. It was a club match. No, it was a, it was a league. No, it was a league. It was a league. It was a league. Okay. I think it was my first league where I had no idea what leagues were. So quite, quite new to us. And there was a lot more people shooting. So I was shooting a string and I shot the target. I'm pretty sure I heard a ding. Whatever happened to the bullet, I think it may have gone through the banner barricade and hit a shiny piece of metal on the other side or whatever. Anyway, I thought as, I heard As I recall, ding. it clinked just the edge of the, of the popper. Anyway, the popper didn't fall down. So I was shown, okay, well, this is the popper that didn't fall down and that's a mic. Then someone out the back of, you know, the, the squad who's very tall and named Tarek said, well, why don't you call for calibration and then walked off? So I should have seen the warning signs there, but being a newer shooter, I thought Tarek would take pity on me. I'm like, that's probably a good idea because Tarek has, has good ideas. So I asked calibration to be called, which was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all i know there was a problem finding the calibration gun so the entire squad was waiting and then the squad up behind us was waiting for us to finish my calibration because i was the last shooter so that's wait for all of us to shoot and then wait for me to shoot and wait for me to call calibrate so yeah it, it, those kind of things happen so they couldn't find the calibration gun so uh, uncle merv kind of is not a person you want to make angry and he was he was very angry <laughs> so i did apologize okay. profusely for that <laughs> okay so then i just want to clarify that it was a um a falling steel popper that you needed calibrated can you sort of tell us what the difference is between calibration or calibrating major versus minor well, I was shooting minor, so they had to find a minor gun, so they couldn't really calibrate it with a with a major gun. Even though I'm shooting standard, they calibrate it for your load, which is obviously was yeah, nine more. They one. calibrate everything with a minor gun, Grant. Oh, do and they? They calibrate everything at like 120. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to guarantee that 125 will lock it down. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm still learning. I still you guys should have, learning. You should guys should have kept that in your back pocket. I may have I may have called something else. <laughs> we could have used it at another league, man. Yeah. Yeah, you, you guys should have used it as another at another league, man. Although I have I have found that if I shoot if I shoot the poppers and steel properly, they actually fall down. So then I don't have to worry about having to call calibration. Yeah, we, we, we discovered when you started loading your ammo to the proper power factor, um, the problem steel went, went down substantially better. 
Oh, I mean, that hasn't changed the name, which is Captain Calibration. I mean, that stuck around despite <laughs> the fact that his ammo is now up to spec. Using the sensors that you've got, um, you know, the, the, the sort of five we learned in school, the, the, I mean, we probably shouldn't be tasting too many bad guys, especially not at the moment. <laughs> Um, and, and <laughs> I tasted this dude. It tastes fucking horrible. Yeah. They, they had like a weird minty <laughs> taste, which is often associated with criminals. Obviously, uh, <laughs> um, and 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 listen to that little voice in the back of your head. And you know, if 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 it says don't drive down this road today, it costs you nothing to drive down a different road. Uh, people have gotten themselves in a huge amount of trouble because they want to play hero. Or they, especially with guys, they don't want to appear to be scared. So they, they've got, we've got to kind of chest thump and, and chest, you know what, the Nike defense. Sometimes the best thing you can do is turn around and run away. Sometimes that's not an option. And if that's not an option and you're going to fight, win. Um, but if we can avoid getting into a fight of whatever sort, we're, we're generally ahead of the game. Uh, so once again, we've got to look at what the, what's at stake. Um, if, if it's, I'm going to be a little bit embarrassed and my mates make, make, make fun of me because I've got all this cool guy gear and, and I got to the spa, saw they were robbing it and left and was a good witness and phoned the police. Well, you need better friends. They're going to make fun of you for that. Uh, if it was a case of, oh shit, there's a, there's a dude holding a gun on, on, on this person or pulling a gun on me and I don't have another choice, that's a different sort of situation. So one of the things we actually do well as a podcast is fun. We're not good at pretty much anything else, but the guests have all said it's been awesome fun. Uh, none of them ever said it was educational or... <laughs> we, are, anything, but... we are number 14 on the educational South African podcast list, which will tell you how bad South African education <laughs> podcasts are. It's not... <laughs> it's like a white trash crap, and it's, it's educational. Yes. That's education. I mean, I learned something new from that. I mean, that sounds like an awesome <laughs> game that I've never played. I mean, as long as you learn something. <laughs> that's so much fun. We need to play that game when you come out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know where we're going to get a beer launcher from, but... <laughs> I'll have to bring one, I suppose. Ooh. I don't know how I'll get that through customs. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> almost as bad. my beer. It's customary. It's almost yeah. as bad as getting rooted to New York with your gun. <laughs> We could build one. Yes. Get Garrett. <coughs> Paging Garrett. I will start working on something. That could potentially have some issues. So you won't be doing that. No, I'll just yeah, no. Excellent. Excellent. We, no. won't, we won't try anything like Excellent. that. Excellent. I'll I'll warm up the shotguns for that game so long. <laughs> it's we won't powered by lockdown. blanks. What's that? I must look into balloons. Okay. It's powered what? by blanks. The beer can launcher. How, how much? By blanks. How much alcohol have you had, guys? <laughs> no, no. You're not saying blanks. You're hearing balloons. <laughs> no, no. I was still stuck on the other subject. <laughs> I was on the other subject. I will not look into the other thing. I will look into balloons. Oh God! Ah. Uh, yeah, you lost uh, all yes. of us. Sorry, I was just like that. <laughs> I was ten seconds behind everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my job, but anyway. <laughs> All right, shall we wrap this up it. so we don't keep it too long? <laughs> yeah. Fireworks. Fireworks. Oh yeah. Where's yes. the 
you need to put your uh, your your camera back on for a moment because apparently we need to stand up and show everyone whether we're wearing pants. Oh yes, yes. yes. All right. Point well presented. So I can't stand up though. So, so I I think I think let's okay. So Gaz has gone first, and Gaz is he definitely has leg warmers on. We don't know if he's wearing pants because he's not standing oh. up. Oh, he's now showing us his legs. That's not okay. a pretty sight. Steve, do you want to go next? <laughs> Jake's yeah, so. <laughs> we can't see. We can't see your pants. Oh, he's wearing pants. pants. He does have pants. Right. I'm amazed. <laughs> <laughs> Not as amazed as you're about to be. <laughs> oh, you're oh, wearing, wearing pants. pants. You're wearing pants too. This is disappointing. It's it's too cold there. And I'm wearing pants too. Oh my god! Oh, Everyone's like, wearing pants. Uh, this is this the, show sucks. the worst. <laughs> Zoom call in the world. Everyone's going. That was anticlimactic. <laughs> I mean, I, I was impressed by like the insistence that I wasn't wearing any. But <laughs> you, I mean, you do have a sort of any, I suppose. Yeah. You have a creepy sort of no pants kind of vibe, Corn. Dude, I've been working from a home office since 2012. And you're creepy. I hardly ever wear pants. <laughs> the creepy bit's the more important bit, though. I mean, you can't be special. At least you can be creepy. <laughs> That's my motto. I'm going to put that on my shooting shirts from now on. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> go and find a, a little quarry where we go and shoot. Very entertaining because some days you'd get there and you couldn't get to the range because you had a herd of elephants literally on the range. So you get on the range and you're like, move that, move. So you get in the line and like, no, these legs aren't going to move. Take your 38 super out. <laughs> elephants are way out of the way. <laughs> so the elephants take a bit of offense to this because you get there the next day and you're going to like, really? They've trampled the around. Toilet frames, they just trash the place. <laughs> Have you ever seen a pepper pot bent in half? That happens if an elephant steps on it. As, uh, as uh, Austin put it, now he didn't say this about, uh, about classic because. As I understand, he has some strong feelings about classic. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's men's division and there's ladies' division. And obviously, you and I are in the men's division. And then we'll leave the other two to figure out where they Even fall. though we shoot the lady. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, these arms of mine can't handle major cut. We'd just like to thank everybody for their support and, and listening. I think Gaz's battery died. <laughs> so what Gaz was saying is we'd like to thank everyone for their support. We we really appreciate the kind words. and Shout out to, to Clive, one of our listeners with great taste and hosts. Um, Clive is wrong. Clive, for some reason, thinks that Tarek is right. Um, and he thinks that Tarek should be people's favorites. Um, well. I can stage for a fact that Clive has never met Tarek. It's not funny. <laughs> we left you hanging here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny if there's no retort. If it just goes like radio silent, it's like, did you, not, did you leave? But that really, that really is a, a fantastic point. And I think that's probably the, one of the most sort of important things that we've, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Derek's fucking up my editing again. <laughs> yeah. Timestamp, timestamp, timestamp. Let's try that again. We can at least fly within the US now. So I can get two classes. I just have to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning to get on a flight because they only have one flight a day that goes. Oh, wow. And then they won't let you on the plane without a mask. So I pull it up, walk on the plane, pull it back down once we're in the air because, you know, then they can't kick me up. <laughs> Put your mask on or I will turn this plane around. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Speaking of turn this plane around, I just did a class in uh, Pennsylvania. It was on the border of New Jersey. And anytime I fly anywhere near New York, I just ship my guns there just in case, because I don't know if you know this, you probably do. But if you land in New York and take possession of your bag with a firearm in it, even if you've declared it, you will be arrested. Hmm. You have to be a New York citizen and have a license specifically for each gun in your possession. You have to be a landowner in New York. So uh, I played a prank on somebody. I punked a guy a little higher up than I probably should have. And Pixie was coming with me to this class. And we got a message from the pilot saying, I have no idea what's going on, but we're we're being rerouted to New York. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I land in New York and Pixie's like, what's going on? And I check, I get a text and I'm like, Oh, the text says, hashtag paybacks a B word. (laughs) So then I got on a plane and got back, flew to New Jersey and finally got to Pennsylvania. But if I hadn't mailed my gun, I could have gotten in some trouble. Yeah, some big trouble. So someone actually rerouted a plane for a prank. I need to buy this person a drink because that's actually quite impressive. (laughs) That is impressive. I punched, I punched the wrong guy. (laughs) Big boy pranks. Well, it's, it's totally worth it. in like hindsight. (laughs) Thank goodness. So I got back on the plane and I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying when Pixie and I got back on the plane to go from New York back to New Jersey. I'm just sitting there in my seat laughing so hard. I'm crying. And I couldn't say what happened because then everyone's going to turn around and go, you did this. This is your fault. I'm just like, it's so funny. But I can't say anything. Oh, people Tyler are going to learn now. Messed around because of that chick in 14C. <laughs> See that little blonde girl back there? That's why we're in New York. <laughs> she punched the wrong person. Yeah, there's probably someone on the plane going, I have guns in my bag. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> I was going to this keto class, but now I'm going to fail. <laughs> What happened to George? I'm, George I'm going to learn a new him. form of movement. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> outrun the police. Oh, God, this is going to be the shower hydrants. Oh, go out and, and look for a gun shop like you would look for a doctor. Um, you know, you, you hopefully didn't don't choose your surgeon based on who has the best rates. You hopefully choose things like that on who's going to do the best job. Uh, and you don't, if you someone, don't choose them on uh, 
Yeah, doctor, look at this. This is green. And they go, you, you pick the one that doesn't vomit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's actually how I do it. But <laughs> doctor, is this supposed to be the shade of purple? Um... <laughs> it is true that regardless of what gun you own, if you shoot it, and that's the important bit, if you shoot it, eventually you're going to need parts. Um, if you never shoot it, chances that you'll need parts diminish rapidly. Um, if it never leaves the safe, chances that you'll need parts probably zero. What you need to do is you need to go shoot your gun, preferably under the sort of tutelage of a decent instructor who can teach you how to shoot it better. What you don't need to do is buy Punisher backplates. Um, or, or weird. Sorry? Cancel my order. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, unless you're a vigilante whose family was murdered, you don't get to put Punisher on anything, really. Um, (laughs) So, Um, yeah, you know. Dodge that bullet. (laughs) I don't think most people, you know, most people, very few people will you take shooting who will leave anti-guns. They may not want yeah. a gun, they often will. But very few people will go shooting with someone who's responsible, not not someone who thinks guns are powered by brandy. Um, <laughs> but those are a rarity. Uh, yeah. This is oh, your first know. time shooting a gun. Here, shoot my 450 Rigby. Yeah. yeah here's, here's a shotgun with slugs. I'm going to give my wife a shotgun with slugs. I used to, I used to work in a public shooting range 100 years ago. And uh, something as easy alluded to earlier, as a general rule, women are easier to teach to shoot than men because they're not completely run by testosterone and, and, and they can either. Um, and it was it was one of those things where we we had, we actually started watching out because Habby would bring his wife to the range, he would do provincial shooting where he shot all nine provinces of the target. She would listen to a little bit of advice, start out shooting him, and what did he do? Then he wants to pull out the three five seven Magnum and give her full power three five seven or a shotgun loaded with full power slugs for no other reason than his ego is hurt because she's shooting better than him, um, and now he must uh, he must show her. Who is the man? And if you want some really good materials that you construct to your practice better, try and get hold of his three books, which are Refinement and Repetition, Principles of Performance, and Get to Work. I thought they were called Steve Anderson's first book, second book, and third book. That's what I affectionately call them. <laughs> no, that doesn't suit my OCD. Oh, but uh, Steve in that likes case, it when you call it. In that one. case, there is Steve Anderson's first book, his Bravo book, and the book that was the square root of nine. So okay, I, have, I have an important question <laughs> for, for Gaz specifically. Okay. The, uh, book one, book two, and book three, as we will call them from now on, just because it annoys you and Steve. Um, <laughs> th- there aren't a lot of situations that you could solve with a G19 that you couldn't solve with a G43X. They exist, but th- there's a lot more situations you could solve with a shield that you couldn't solve with foul language in an IFA. Uh, so I think we need to, to bear that in mind sometime when we're giving advice, when we're taking advice, we need to think outside our own heads. Not everyone's a hobbyist. Not everyone is someone who wants to carry a gun. And to be honest, when you've been carrying a gun for, for a few decades, the appeal starts to wear off. Um, you know, you, you, and, and it's important to remember, we carry a gun to protect our lives. We don't live to carry a gun. Um, the gun needs to be something that we can, the most effective tool that we can we can slot into our lifestyle. But it shouldn't be a case of, 
I can't do things. I can't go to this place because I can't take my, I can't do this thing or, you know, I'm, I'm never going to go swim with my kids because I have to wear a photojournalist vest and all of these layers so that I can carry a full-size pistol, four spare mags, a med kit, three full fixed blade knives and a crossbow. Uh, we need to look at a, a realistic approach to what you can carry the most you can without a doubt. But carry the most you can. Don't not carry because you can't you can't carry what everyone on the internet says to you is acceptable. Uh, if you can shoot that problem. to a turbo standard, you don't need our advice on carry guns. Yes, if if you're shooting turbo <laughs> what the fuck are you doing listening to us? <laughs> oh, go enjoy your beer. You deserve it. Though <laughs> you're probably dry firing. You're probably dry firing right now. Well, we're in lockdown, unable to shoot drinking whiskey. You're dry firing. You're a stud. But there is a law, there is a rule with that gun that it must always be suppressed. Like, shoot supersonic ammo. But it's got to be like an unsuppressed 300 blackout is is like buying a four cylinder Mustang. It's wrong. (laughs) I've got to agree with T there. Shouldn't have a suppressor on. Yeah, I, I, I could go either way. I mean, it's pretty cool suppressed. I've heard that about you. We're not judging. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, we, we have an episode coming up on, uh, on EDC and uh, the self-defense side a little bit, um, but specifically the EDC gear that all three of us carry, why we choose to carry it, and how most people are full of shit on what they say they're actually carrying versus what they actually show up with when you meet them in person. Um, because most people are fucking liars. Uh, on the internet, at least. In person, they tend to be a little bit more uh, serious because when you go, what are you carrying? And they go, I'm carrying a 34 with five spare mags. And you go, motherfucker, you're in a speedo. Um, they realize that they can't lie about that shit. Hopefully it's a situation where you've got a, you know, a security gate between the living area and where they've broken into. Um or you know if it's if it's an upstairs living area that you can kind of cut that off, um, but you may find yourself in a situation where your kids are on the opposite end of the house to you, which is fantastic from a noise point of view, um, but more challenging from a defensive point of view. And in that situation, you may have to do something that everyone tells you not to, and you may have to go look for trouble. Um, not because it's it's not because we want to get into fights. Because uh, that's the last thing we want to do, but you—that may be the only way you can get between your family and, and the criminals. I don't want to be locked up in my panic room, going, "Awesome! I've thrown on my plate carrier. I've got the M4 with the 60-round drum. I've I've lit up the mall. Everything's good." And the dude's gone into the room with my six-year-old, um, and I'm locked up. Well, if he finishes cutting her into little pieces and tries to get me, I'm going to shoot the shit out of him. Which brings us on to my favorite myth of all times relating to shotguns. Um, probably just slightly ahead of you can't miss. Um, I've been told that what I should do is I should put away my semi-auto shotguns. I should buy an old pump gun as a defensive tool. And I don't need to buy ammunition for it because if they walk in the door, I just go. Oh, the sound will scare anybody's soul. Instantly run for the hills. <laughs> turn their bowels to water. <laughs> like it is the best thing ever. 
Like if we fought wars exclusively with shotguns, we would be unstoppable. And we wouldn't even need to expend ammo. Well, the wars would be a constant stalemate. We would just walk around going... I, I would like to great, quote a great British philosopher now by the name of Mr. Jonathan Cleese. Um, stop that. It's silly. So yes. nice, I could buy yes. a pretty nice gun for what those are going to cost. No, buy, buy a pretty nice gun. <laughs> well, I mean like a, like a plastic beetle bomb. Or, 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 or lots of ammo. Oh, probably shouldn't say that on the podcast. Yeah, that I should probably go it. <laughs> I mean, I should probably cut it out, but it's going to be so close to the end, I'll probably forget. <laughs> no one that's the end of the sit anyway. <laughs> what did Max say today? It seems to deteriorate as the show goes on. <laughs> he did say that, and he is correct. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the editing just... I think Cornet runs out of give a fuck for the editing. So he oh, yeah, no, he does. Right towards the end, he's just like, that's screw it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 other than the the two shooters who I knew who showed up early this morning, the first dude to walk up to me was like, "Are you Cornet?" I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "Fun deal." I'm like, "Yes." He goes, "Nice to meet you. I listen to your podcast." And you're like, "Oh God." Guys <laughs> <laughs> uh, discovered that uh, number seven or yeah, number seven and a half birdshot will not go through a steel drum even at five meters. Um, <laughs> we we should even, we should cover how he found that out in detail. I think like hashtag should, ballistic expert. We should yes. get into this one. This is very important. So so um, stage whatever range three at Victor. I don't know. I think stage that was stage three. <laughs> okay, so stage three, range three. Um, I think it was a one, two, three, an eight rounder. Eight round, yeah. eight round stage. Um, so they had it set up where there there was two barrels on top of each other that were obscuring a uh, a popper and a plate, um, depending on where you stood on the uh, in the demarcated area. Um, turns out you could shoot this whole thing standing in exactly one spot with just a slight shift of your hips. Thank you for that, Tarek. Um the rest of us were planning on taking a step. Terry was like, what the fuck you Oaks doing? I'm just going to stand here and blast everything. Which worked really well for everyone who <laughs> followed T's plan. Almost everyone. But there was this one dude who decided to do a modified sort of variation of this plan and do it as a nine round stage instead of an eight round stage um, by plugging a barrel right in the fucking center where there are no targets. <laughs> it was spectacular. And ironically, the stage is called Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're the only one who did it right. The rest of us failed. Yeah. And, well, and Gas didn't put some pellets on the barrel. Gas put all 28 grams of lead that was in that shell on that barrel. It was magnificent. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't so much an oopsie as an aim shot at the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it made a spectacular noise when it got hit, but... Uh, as T pointed out, like birdshot, seven and a half will not penetrate those barrels. But there is another way that people can get like to touch the magic, like T said. Um, <laughs> you do you do video coaching, um, well reviews and 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 assist people through video reviews in seeing things that they're doing that are perhaps not optimal. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, and most importantly, how people get to you for that, uh, so they can make use of that. Yep, just email 180firearmstraining at gmail.com and we can set up a video just like this where I 
watch you dry fire or I will look at a couple of your videos and see what your low, lowest hanging fruit is and give you drills to work on and explain the drills videos, to you, talk you through them. <laughs> Say again. I said you're shooting videos. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> you see the moment of realization on my face. Yes. Oh. That, that was the moment that the innocence left. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had a couple of sorry, I, I apologize. <laughs> so I also do video reviews, which is different than talking like this. So talking like this is useful, especially if you've already taken the class and we can't meet, so you can't take it again because it is a maintenance class. So your skill level has improved since the last time we worked together and now you want what's next. So meeting like this on video is a good way to do that. And then I can watch you dry fire or just watch some of your videos and then talk to you about what I think your lowest hanging fruit is and talk through training plans and things like that. The other thing I do is a video review. So if you are a former student, you get four videos for 50 US dollars. If you are not a formal former student, then you get three just because it takes me longer to explain things. And you send me the three or four videos via Dropbox, share with my email, 180firearmstraining at gmail.com. And then I run it through an app where I can voice over it, speed it up, slow it down, draw angles on it. And guess you have one of these. I've had two different sets of videos done, yes. Ooh. What do you think of the process? I think it's a great process and it, it definitely helps break that down to the next level in areas that you're not looking at. And I find myself regularly when I'm reviewing Matt footage of, of myself is I tend to watch the gun more than anything else. I'm watching other things. I'm not watching my body. And most importantly, I'm not watching my feet. And you help point that out and sort of take that to, to the next step where you're saying, okay, but you're doing this with your feet or your waist is facing this way, your shoulders are facing that way. Try and change those small things. And then that all ultimately leads to better efficiency provided you go work on it. Mm -hmm. And so now I've also been adding in drills you know, before, when I first started doing this, I was giving drills in a message or something like that. But now I'm actually drawing the drills with my finger on the video, like how to set it up so that I can talk them through how to set up the drill and how to practice it to fix whatever the problem is. And a lot of times I'm just making up a drill on the spot that addresses that particular issue and telling them what to watch for. Technology has changed the game so much. I mean... The ability to record yourself and, and basically instantly review it has made such a big difference. Um, the software that you're talking about is spectacular for analyzing this sort of stuff. And it's the fact that you can now get a, a second pair of eyes that is trained to look at things that you as the shooter don't look at um, is a great value add in, in, in fixing things that you will never look at. Like as is looking at the gun, some dudes are looking at, does my hair look okay when I'm shooting the stage? And people Ooh, look are, at my bam. I do that all the time. <laughs> but look at my bum or your bum. <laughs> I wasn't going to explain it, but obviously yours. <laughs> you know she, but does my butt look good when I did? <laughs> oh, like, here's about the score. This looks fantastic on the grams. Does my, does my ass look big in this delta? Um. <laughs> 
I sent so many questions to Vince Pinto at those days, you know, and whenever I got an answer from him on email, I would print it out and I had a file that I carried in my, in my range bag with all the questions and all the answers that I received from EPSEC. <laughs> and, you know, when we started with that, it was still the five-pound double action rule. And we got to a match in Mapumalanga somewhere, myself and Uncle Mel. We drove through and we shot the match and they tested our, our triggers. And the guy tested our triggers on five pounds for single action. And of course, our triggers didn't make it. Yeah, you'll fail and that every time. He said, no, he says, you failed, you're an open. We're like, no, that must be double action. He says, no bullshit. And we said, but here's the rule. He says, oh, okay, that's a problem because... All our guys in Mpumalanga have made it on single action. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to interject something here. That is why Albert's arms look the way that they do, because yeah. he decided to do that. <laughs> I mean, like a 27 pound double action. Question for you, Sash, uh, and possibly a, a slightly difficult one. Shooting in general is often viewed as a as a very sort of male orientated sport. So you are not a male. You you you're a, you're a young <laughs> allegedly guess for that. So you're a you're a young woman in a sport that's often seen as a as a man's sport. How how have you found that? And and what's your advice to to other um, girls and ladies who want to I don't know if that's a politically correct term, but sorry, um, people who can't park, who want to get involved in the sport. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, Aziza. That was <laughs> what, what, what caused that, that change? Or was it just something that happened? You know, I, I would like to say that um, you are competitive by nature, but I think that's the wrong way. I don't, you know, people misunderstand saying that you are competitive by nature. I think it's more, I don't like sucking. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as you want. But, you know, I don't like me. <laughs> I walked right into that one. Yeah, that, that was the funnest. <laughs> you can't, can't you shoot the? No, you didn't. You didn't shoot the club shoot with us today, did you? You didn't no, shoot the last. Club I was shoot. ill last. The last club shoot. Oh yeah, you had that wanking and this injury. Yes, um, yeah. yeah. When he's still like he's still fighting off the pain from that. <laughs> I mean, he keeps re-injuring it, but <laughs> he's, wor he's working on those forearms for standard manual. Exactly. <laughs> is that what All it is? part of the plan. <laughs> All part of the plan. <laughs> We did uh, see some some um, okay, some massive fucking gun drama on that stage. Uh, yep. where where one of our mates who will remain nameless, hello uncle, um, <laughs> shared his receiver in twain um, on one of the weird interchangeable Turkish box guns. Uh, and yeah, that I can't even remember what brand it is, but um, his receiver snapped, basically a, snapped on both sides. I think it's an Akdal, but don't quote me on that because they have so many names. It's not an octal, but it's, yeah, it was some not made in Italy and doesn't start with a B, doesn't end in an I, isn't Russian. And if you're going to have a box gun, punch yourself. But if you have to have a box gun and you have
have to punch yourself, get a, get a Russian one. Make sure it's Russian. Saga or a Molodvepa uh, or a dissident. I know someone who's selling one if you keep. Not me, because I have proper shotguns, but let us know. But um, we know a dude. We know a dude. But yeah, he snapped that thing in half. Um, we also had, on our last stage, we had yet another brand of interchangeable Turkish piece of shit box gun uh, break a firing pin. Um, that was painful to watch. I mean, Anko's uh, one was like, it was pretty much immediate failure. I mean, none of us at the back realized what happened. Uh, we just thought that Anko had done something and gotten DQ'd because all we heard was unload and show clear and like he's not halfway through the stage the hell and then when he walked off he showed us what happened and said no it wasn't a DQ just gun is, is stuffed where the other one I don't know how many rounds that stage was 20 22 I'll tell you now on range a, 4 yeah it was uh, a 13 or 14 rounder wasn't it yeah no, it was more than that it was a 13 no, it was a 13 rounder yeah, yeah. Oh, that's weird might have been a 15 13 or 15 oh okay no I, I suppose it was a it was an option 3 start which is why I'm, yeah. I'm going we had to load more than that but it, it was 13 because that was the only stage I shot a no shoot ah no, I, shot a, there we I go. shot a mic on that one yeah Terry, Terry ate a mic on that one um, it was quite <laughs> I don't want to say funny, but uh, it was, I, I, I shot a mic on like a seven meter gigantic fucking plate. Yeah, the, the one that the missed, <laughs> yeah, the one he missed is the one that everyone would say you couldn't possibly miss. But <laughs> five, two rounds. Isn't that normally the case? Next question: the caliber debate. Nine millimeter versus forty-five ACP. Does the caliber matter when it comes to handguns? No. Next. Is it feasible to reload shotgun ammo in South Africa? The issue is good quality lead and availability. I've done the numbers and it comes out. <laughs> I told you I that was the answer you were getting. I should have finished laughing from the previous one before I started reading the next one. The further I get into this question, the more I'm laughing. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Don't, don't face this gentleman. 